Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see all of you here. I am nice and warm here in this room. I don't like winter. Winter and I don't get along uh, with each other. But coffee and I, we get along really well with each other. So if you haven't tried kind coffee yet, I highly recommend it. Um, Let me give you a pro tip. Try the dark roast with almond milk. Try it. Thank me later. All right. Hey, uh, in preparation for today's conversation, I asked a famous theologian a very important question. And the question is this, how can I grow my faith in God? Because we're talking about faith, yeah? And this famous theologian gave a few answers. And one of the answers given to me was this. This is how you grow your faith, by serving others. You want to grow your faith in God? Serve others. Because when you serve others in love, this theologian says, you are deepening your understanding of God's character, and serving others can also provide you the opportunities for personal growth and a closer relationship with God. Isn't that an amazing answer? How you can grow your faith by serving other people. You know which famous theologian said this? Chat GPT. That's right. I actually put a question to Chat GPT because we're talking about faith. And I asked Chat GPT for real, how can I grow my faith in God? And this is one of the answers that Chat GPT gave me. Now, uh, we're going to talk about whether this is a good answer or not. But we are actually in part two of our series, Faithful, how we can refuel our faith in this empty world. And if you missed part one, I highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, search for The Rock's Birth, and find part one there. But we started this series last week by saying that we are all inspired when we hear the amazing faith of some people, what they have uh, that is incredible despite the, the most challenging of times, the most challenging of life. They somehow show incredible faith in God, and we are all inspired by that. About two weeks ago, I watched this reel on my Instagram about this, this young lady who just lost his her husband, her husband passed away, her young husband passed away, leaving her to take care of a baby that is both blind and deaf. Can you imagine? You're a single mom. Losing your husband is bad enough, it's terrible enough, but now you have to take care on your own a child with multiple uh, disabilities. That is enough to throw anybody's faith. But yet this young lady continues to show show strong faith in God and continues to have this really positive outlook in life. To me, it just boggles my mind. Now, isn't that true? Like, a story like that inspires us. Something happened within us when we hear stories like that. And maybe for some of you, you wish you had that kind of faith, right? You wish you had that kind of faith. And I'm telling you the good news today. The good news is God actually wants you to have that kind of faith. So last week, we asked you to imagine together with me. Imagine with me. Now, I'm going to ask you again as we continue this, uh, this series. Imagine that you have this unshakable faith in God, this amazing deep faith in God that not only God exists, you actually believe that He knows you personally and you believe that He's always with you and actually genuinely cares about you. Imagine <laughs> what... Uh, that kind of faith, what that kind of faith will do to your life. 
that would make your life a lot better, a lot easier, at least a lot manageable, right? I'm not talking that your life is going to be suddenly very, very easy. No, you still face challenges of life, but then you will not be nervous. You will not be worried over whatever happens to you because you believe that God understands and God is with you and God is going to see you through. Uh, imagine having this kind of faith that when you are tempted, you always believe there's always a way out. Imagine having the kind of faith that when things go from bad to worse, you say, I don't understand. I'm very hurt right now with what happened. I'm, I'm in pain, but I trust God. I believe God can intervene. But even if He chooses not to intervene, I believe God will make things right. If not in this world, in the world to come, my faith will continue to be in my God. Imagine having that kind of faith. Wouldn't that be amazing? Imagine waking up every morning with that kind of confidence in God. And I'm telling you, God wants you to have that kind of faith. You know why? Because God knows that when you have this strong faith, this faith will help you navigate through the most difficult season in your life. But without the strong faith in God, man, I'm telling you, life can be very, very challenging for all of us, right? Not only that, but God wants to grow your faith because God is most honored when you trust Him. God is most honored when you trust Him. I'm a parent. I know what it's like when my son trusts me. It feels good, right? You feel honored. Uh, every parent here, here knows, knows that. So that's why God wants you to grow in your faith, maybe even more than you want to grow in your faith. And the question that we want to ask is this, how does God do this? How does God grow our faith? What fuels and facilitates this amazing, strong faith in our lives? When you see people with amazing faith, time and time again, God uses actually the same things to grow their faith. If you talk to anyone with strong faith, you will realize sooner or later that these people have been, have been grown in their faith by God and God keeps using the same few things over and over again. In fact, we identified five things that God keeps using over and over and over again to grow our faith. And we're going to talk about the first one today. Tim is going to come back next week to talk about the second one and we're going to go through all the five things that God uses to grow our faith. The first thing that God uses to grow our faith is personal ministry. Guess what? After all, ChatGPT is right. Growing your faith. Listen, everybody, this is so important because a lot of you who follow Jesus for a long time, you think growing your faith is this esoteric idea, supernatural things that, that's going to happen for your faith to grow. No. Most of the time, it is the day-to-day, -day, everyday thing in life that will make your faith grow. And personal ministry is one of those things. When you choose to step out in faith, when you choose to be uncomfortable, when you say things like, I'm not sure if I can do this, right? When you talk to people with strong faith, they will bound to tell you again and again, you know, I feel this nudge to do something. I wasn't sure if I was qualified. I was so nervous. I, I think I was way over my head on this thing. I don't know if I'm too old. I don't know if I'm too young. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't have the right uh, degree. I don't have the right experience. I don't think I can do this. But for whatever reason, I knew this is what God wanted me to do. I knew it. So I said yes to God. And guess what? This is what I'm going to say to you over and over again today. When your faith intersects with God's faithfulness and God's provision, your faith is going to grow. That's what personal ministry is, right? There's nothing more than you pushing through your inadequacy, 
inadequacy. You push through your inadequacy in order to help people, right, For, so that they will benefit from what you do. Uh, when you do that thing, it grows your faith. When you push through your excuses, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. There are other people who are more qualified than me. God, I don't think I, don't think I, should, I should do this. I, I will say the wrong things. When you push through your excuses in order to say yes to God to help people, guess what it's going to do to your faith? Your faith will grow bigger. Your faith will grow to the next level, right? But you don't have to believe me for it. You can check with the disciples of Jesus. Because time and time again, Jesus would push his disciples in order to grow their faith to do something that they felt inadequate to do. They felt that they couldn't do, but Jesus kept pushing them, pushing them, pushing them, and that's exactly how Jesus grew their faith. Um, one of the most famous examples of this would be the feeding of the 5,000 people, actually the feeding of 5,000 men, right? Not including women and children. Many of you who grew up in church, you would be familiar with this story of Jesus feeding 5,000 people. And, and so what happened was Jesus was teaching and, and doing all kinds of miracles, healing late into the night, and when, when evening was about to come, this is what the disciples said to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 15, we read, As the evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a remote place, Jesus. We've got to be realistic here. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, if I read between the line what the disciples were saying to Jesus, actually, Lord, we need to go to the villages and get food ourselves <laughs> because we are tired. I'm hangry here, and we've been doing this for many, many hours now. Lord, send the crowds away so that we can get some rest, so that we can get some food ourselves because we are hungry. Now, if anybody should be tired, it should be Jesus. Because prior to this event, Jesus healing, teaching, something actually happened. And that's why when you read your Bible, it's always important to get the full understanding, the full meaning of what you're reading. You always have to read the Bible in its context. So this is verse 15 of Matthew 14. If you go back two verses earlier, you know the context of the feeding of 5,000 people. All right? This is what happened in Matthew 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened. So you read this statement, you have to ask yourself again, what had happened? Right? And if you read earlier, you would understand what had happened was terrible. What happened was John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist had just been beheaded by Herod. He had just been beheaded for his faith, for his ministry. You know what that did to Jesus? This was not only his cousin, maybe one of his closest friends. John the Baptist was the one leading the way, preparing Jesus for his ministry. So when he heard the news that John, the, John his cousin, had just been beheaded, Jesus withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Solitary means quiet, right? Jesus needed to take some time off. Jesus needed, needed to be by himself. He was hurting at this point. Right? But guess what? The people around the villages, they knew where Jesus was going. The need was so great among the people. 
hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So they understood. They had a spy maybe. They overheard Jesus was going to this solitary place. Hey, let's follow Jesus there. And guess what? When Jesus landed, the crowd was already there, waiting for Jesus to minister to them. What did Jesus, what did Jesus do? Send them away? He didn't. Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. Let me tell you, for those of you who are not followers of Jesus, we, we're grateful you're here. And maybe you have heard, you know, this thing, that thing about Jesus. One thing that you need to know about Jesus is this. Jesus is always compassionate toward people, especially those who are hurting. So if you are hurting, if you don't know where to go, if you have questions that no one can answer, you don't know where you're going, you can always come to Jesus. Can you imagine? Jesus was hurting deeply at this point. So at this point, if anybody needed ministry, if anybody needed prayer, if anybody needed someone to console him, it was Jesus. But when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. When he saw the hurting, even though he was hurting himself, Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. If you want to know whether or not you're becoming more and more like Jesus or not, just check your heart. Ask yourself, am I being more compassionate toward people? Or am I being more cynical toward people? You may know a lot about the Bible, but if you become more and more cynical toward church, toward the world, toward people, then that's, that's a sign that you are not growing in your faith. You're not becoming more like Jesus. And so Jesus did this. And then the verse that we just read, as the evening approached, because Jesus just kept showing compassion on, pe on people, and the, and the disciples said, that's it, Jesus, enough is enough. Let's send them away so that we can get some rest. You need some rest, and then these people can get something to eat. And Jesus' reply was surprising to the disciples. Jesus said this, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Jesus saw this as an opportunity to teach them a lesson, to grow their faith. You see, this is something that is impossible for them to do. There were 5,000 people, men, not including women and children. How are they going to feed this many people? In fact, if you read the parallel passage in the other gospel, John also recorded the same incident. From his vantage point, we read something amazing because I believe John had an interaction with Jesus after the incident, and Jesus explained how he used this opportunity to teach his disciples a lesson on faith. So in John chapter 6, we read this, right? When Jesus looked up and saw this great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And look at what John wrote next. He asked this only to test him, only to test him, because Jesus had already in mind what he was going to do. Let me tell you, church, a lot of things that happen in your life, they are tests from God. The challenge that you are facing, that, that's a test from God. The money that you have been entrusted with, it's a test from God. The time, the talent that you've been given, a lot of what we have, a lot of what we are facing, they're actually tests from God. Jesus already know what He was going to do with your life. Jesus already knew how He's going to solve your problem. But He wants you to grow in your faith. He didn't want to just bail you out because that's not going to grow your faith, you see. 
That's why it's important that we actually understand what it takes for us to grow our faith, right? So, uh, a little boy probably overheard this conversation and, and, and he presented to Andrew, one of the disciples, his lunch. So, this little boy, they don't have this lunchbox, I don't think. But, uh, and then Andrew, uh, one of the disciples, looked at this boy's lunch and it wasn't much, just five loaves and two fish. But there's nothing else to do. Uh, they couldn't go send people to the towns to, to, have, to have something to eat. So Andrew just like, I don't know if this is <laughs> any good, but we have here Jesus, only five loaves and um, two, two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't know what you can do with this. Maybe that's what you're saying for some of you. Jesus, I don't know. Um, I, like, I like to surf, but I, I can't play music. I can't, play, I can't, I can't teach. Uh, people say I have a great smile, but that's all I have. Some of you say, uh, I don't have a lot of time, Jesus. I'm busy. I have a full-time job. I have kids to take care of at home. But I guess I have only, I have only a few hours to spare. You know, whatever you have, when you bring it to Jesus, something amazing will happen. And that's exactly what Jesus said. Bring them to me, Jesus said. Bring them to me. You have this burning desire, this burden for the next generation, but you don't know what to do with it, bring it to Jesus. You have this passion for the homeless, right? You, 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 just, you, just, can't, you just can't get it out of your head. Like, how can it be? How, how can I be of help? But you don't know what to do. Bring it to Jesus, whatever you have. Some of you only have two loaves and one fish. Jesus says, doesn't matter. Just bring them to me. Because when you bring what you have to Jesus, he can do something really, really amazing with it. We read in the next verse, as he directed the people to sit down on the grass, um, he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, he broke the loaves, and then he gave them to the disciples. He gave them to the disciples. Can you imagine all the disciples were holding these small, tiny little pieces of bread and tiny little pieces of fish? Like, what do you want me to do with this, Jesus? And Jesus says, distribute them to people. You know what they did? Literally, they walked by faith. We use this phrase a lot, right? Walk by faith, walk by faith. They literally walked by faith, hoping Jesus would come through with that, with that tiny little bit of food to distribute to people. And like what I said before, when your faith, when you walk by faith like that, and your faith intersects with God's power and His faithfulness, something amazing happens. In verse 20, we read, they all ate and they were all satisfied. They were all satisfied. And not only that, the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. When your faith intersects with God's faithfulness and His power, something amazing happened. People were blessed. They were satisfied. But guess what? If you read this verse, right, you would understand the 5,000 men, not including women and children, that were fed that day, maybe they didn't even realize what happened. 
Maybe they thought Jesus had an amazing F&B team, right? They didn't know. They didn't know Jesus only had very little. You know who knew? Only the disciples and the little boy. Only they knew. Only they experienced the miracle of Jesus. The same thing at the wedding in Cana. Remember when Jesus turned water into wine? All the guests were happy, drunk, drinking. Like, what is the best wine ever? They were all blessed. They were all satisfied. But guess who experienced the miracle? Only people who were in the kitchen with Jesus experienced the miracle. Am I right? The rest were just blessed. Only a few experienced the miracle. And guess what? As they, by faith, put that water into these jars and they turn into wine. Can you imagine what that's going to do to their faith? Can you imagine how much stronger the faith of the disciples were after this incident? Because they literally experienced the miracle of Jesus using all their inadequacy to bless other people, right? That's exactly what happened. So when you bring whatever you can to Jesus and you move in faith, that Jesus is going to do something amazing with what you have, man, your faith is going to go to the next level. And this is very, very personal to me. 23 years ago, um, I was in the U.S. at the time, right? I had been living in the U.S. for the last six years at the time. That's the photo that I took with my wife at, uh, at Times Square in New York City. Uh, that's around September 2001. Uh, I had just... I watched the grand final at the U.S. Open. Uh, Leighton Hewitt, our own Australian Leighton Hewitt, won his first Grand Slam, defeating Pete Sampras. I don't know if you are a tennis fan, you would know. But at that time, we had been living in the U.S. for six years. Both of us had full-time jobs. We were comfortable. Uh, we were about to buy this amazing house. I got uh, our loan approved. Everything was set for us to settle in the U.S. for a long, long time, maybe for the rest of our lives. But something was nudging us. Something didn't feel quite right, and this nudge didn't go away. We felt like we, we needed to go back to Perth. We needed to go back to Perth. So we tried to like reason, like, hey, we're doing something great here in Dallas, and, and everything's amazing, we're serving God, but something just didn't feel right. That nudge never went away. So finally, we said yes to God. Okay, let's just move to Perth and let's see what happened. I didn't know we were going to plant the Rocks Church. That was only 2001, right? The Rocks Church started in 2004. So I moved to Perth. No job, nothing, no, not many friends because, you know, I left Perth when I was really, really young. So we had to start all over again from scratch. And then God nudged me again in around 2003 or so. God nudged me to plant a new church, a church that is different from any other church, not because we think we're better, but we felt that Perth needed a different kind of church, a church where unchurched people feel safe to come to, a church where the outsiders can look at this church and say, wow, this church is, is, is a blessing to us. We want to create a church where people uh, are not judged. That's why we come up with the slogan, no perfect people allowed, that we actually stole from someone. You know, when I had this nudge to start this new church, I, uh, you know, I don't hear God audibly, but I sort of have this imaginary conversation with God. I said, God, I, I, I got nothing. This is all I have. My English is broken. I never planted a church before. Actually, I never pastored a church before. I really never. So 
I don't know what you can do with it. Uh, but this nudge, this desire never went away. Please, God, just do something with what I have. I'll do what I can do. And I must, I'm trusting you to do what only you can do. And as they say, the rest is history, right? Every single time I drove to this building, every time I see you sitting here, bringing friends who don't know Jesus. By the way, what one-third of the people who call our church home previously did not go to any other church prior to coming here. The vision that God had given in my heart, that nudge, I'm starting to see it happening in our community. But it all started with just a little lunchbox that I had presented to Jesus. So if you are a follower of Jesus and you want to see your faith grow, there's nothing supernatural about it. There's nothing esoteric about it. You just have to step out in faith, get out of your comfort zone, get rid of all your excuses, and just say yes to Jesus to serve others, to serve His church. I want you to say this out loud with me. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have to say it out loud. But if you want to, you can. It's, I think it's going to do something amazing to your faith as well. So on the count of three, this is what faith is all about. This is what walking in faith is all about, right? So let's say it out, right, out loud on the count of three. One, two, three. I'll do what I... Come on, everybody. We can do better than that. Okay, one, two, three. I'll do what I can do and trust God to do what only He can do. That's the walk that will build your faith. That's what I mean by walking in faith. You see, a lot of Christians have this wrong idea of walking in faith. Is A lot of people think, a lot of Christians think, walking by faith means you come up with your own idea and then you impose it on God and you expect God to bless it. That's not walking by faith. Walking by faith means you feel the nudge from God to do something that you know you cannot do, but you say yes to God anyway. That's walking by faith right? A lot of Christians, we just impose our will on God, believing, God, please bless this for me. But it's actually your agenda. It's your own thing. That's not walking by faith. That's, that's strong-arming God. That's forcing God to do something that you want to do. But walking by faith means you feel the nudge of God to do something for the benefit of other people. You know it's too big for you to handle on your own. You know you're inadequate. You know you don't have the right qualification, you don't have the right experience. But you step up in faith you get out of your comfort zone and you do it anyway. That is walking by faith. I'll do what, only, what I can do. God, I'm going to trust you to do what only you can do. You know, a few moments uh, after that incident of the feeding of 5,000 men, Jesus once again stands on a hill in Jerusalem. And he says this, the charge that he gave to all his disciples, go Make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. And the disciples, I'm imagining at the time, were thinking, go make disciples of all nations. Go, Jesus, we, we're just a tiny little sect. There's only just 12 of us here. Are you serious? This is important. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. We'll do what we can do. Jesus, you're going to do what only you can do. We can't see it right now. Honestly, we can't see it, Jesus. Just 12 of us, all nations, we won't say impossible anymore. We've seen it with our own two eyes, what you did with the five loaves and two fish. We're going to present our lunchbox to you, Jesus. If you want us to make disciples of all nations, 
making disciples of all nations. That's exactly what we're going to do. And you fast forward that 2,000 years later. The reason why you're sitting here right now, the reason why I'm standing here right now, is because 12 men thinking there's no way in the world they could do this. But they stepped out in faith, and they did it. And look where the church is today. That's what personal ministry can do. Not only to you, but also to the people around you. Personal ministry positions us to experience the amazing power of God in our weaknesses, right? That's what personal ministry can do. Not only that, but you will also get to experience the faithfulness of God in response to our acts of faith. That's how your faith will grow when you allow God in your weaknesses, in your inadequacies to act and to do what, what is impossible that's when your faith is going to go to the next level. It's going to be super, super amazing. You know what hangs in the balance of you saying yes to God's call? Maybe you don't know. You don't know which marriage you're going to save. You don't know, you know who you're going to bless. But I know what hangs in the balance for sure. Whether or not you say yes to God, to His call, what hangs in the balance is your faith. Either your faith will grow, or if you say no, your faith will wither and maybe soon die, right? I want to show you these photos of four amazing young people. You don't know them, probably. These are world changers. They are. At least, they changed my son's world. At different times, these people had been the small group leader for my son, Jaden. We got Marcel on the left, Sam, Caleb, and Michael on the right. You know, my son had been growing in this church since he was a baby. And I, I like to think that, uh, you know, we try to teach him well uh, at home and all that. But I'm telling you right now, in all honesty, Jaden's faith will not be where it is today had it not been for these people. Maybe they were scared to step in faith when they first received the nudge to be a small group leader. I don't know what this kid's going to do to me. I don't know if they're going to like me. Maybe they felt unqualified. But at different times, Jaden said to me literally, Dad, I wish someday I can be like Marcel. I want to be like Sam. I want to be like Matthew. I don't want to be like Caleb. At different times, Jaden said, these guys are amazing, Dad. These guys are amazing. You know, you never know what hangs in the balance when you present to God what you have. I remember I have a friend, uh, we're quite close. When, when, when we go out to eat, he would say grace from time to time. And he would say something like this in, in his prayer. God, thank you for this food. Uh, we remember those who are less fortunate than us. Please bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? I thought for a long time, that's a, that's a good prayer. Because normally we thank God for the food, but we remember the less fortunate and we ask God to bless them, right? But now I realize that's not a really good prayer. Because if you had prayed that prayer, you know what Jesus would say to you? You feed them. You give them something to eat. You do something about that. You care about the faith of the next generation in this church? You do something about that. Don't bring it to me. Well, you bring it to me. But you got to do something about that before I can do something about that as well. You know, God can 
can do without us for sure you know uh, thinking about the story of the feeding of 5,000 right like I thought to myself can could Jesus have fed these people himself he could have and he did remember in the Old Testament God sent manna from heaven he doesn't need us but it's a privilege it's an opportunity when God wants to use you to bless other people my goodness I'm telling you say yes say yes not only is it going to honor God, your faith is going to grow. It's going to be amazing. It's like you never experienced before. So uh, I want to show you this QR code. If you have never served anywhere, right, I want to encourage you. Why don't you take that next step of faith? Because faith that is passive is not going to grow. But only when you step out in faith, when you don't feel like you're able, but you know the need is there. Like in this church, I'm telling you, we are growing. We need you. I know a lot of people serve every week. They don't even get a chance to sit down like you here and enjoy the blessing. Like the 5,000 people that are fed and they are satisfied. A lot of satisfied people in this church. But very few of you experience the miracle of Jesus as you put yourself out there to serve Him, to serve your community. Only then will you experience the miracle of God working in your life, increasing your faith to the next level, next level, the next level again. I hate to see the same people serving week in and week out and while the others are just taking their own sweet time enjoying by the way we're here for you especially if you are new to our church man we created this environment for you we're here to bless you but as you grow more and more mature I hope you understand it is not just God's desire for you to be blessed it is his desire for you to be a blessing to others as well so I want to challenge you come on serve with us experience God for yourself how amazing he could be when you step out in faith and do something that you cannot do on your own but God through you do something amazing changing people's lives for eternity amen thank you for listening to this podcast for more great resources and to keep yourself up to date head to our website visit therocks.church